With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Sota Daf Chav Zayim, page 27. We begin one line from the bottom on the page 26b. Chavav Amabez, Amar Shmuel. Shmuel says, Yisa Adam Daime. It is better that someone marry the woman herself who is loose, while Yisa Bas Daime, rather than marrying her daughter, because she herself, Shezu Bamiti Pakshira. The woman herself, we know, comes from a kosher union. As far as we know, her parents didn't have any kind of illicit relations. However, the daughter of this woman, of this loose woman, it's very possible, I don't know if it's likely, but it is possible, that she came from an illicit relationship. Rabbi Yechanan says the exact opposite. It's better to marry the daughter, if you have no choice, if there are only two women left in the world, the loose woman and her daughter. So it's better to marry the Basdaim, the daughter of the person who's loose, and not to marry the woman herself. Why? Because the daughter, as far as we know, everything is fine. She has a Cheskis Kashrus, she has a pre existing status of being the Seder, of being okay. But this loose woman, everyone knows, she's not the Seder, that she's not doing what's okay. So therefore, it's better to marry the daughter. Because according to Rebbe we don't have to assume that the child that she has is going to come from someone else other than her own husband. Because we do have an idea that Rebbe Ilas Acharabal, that most relations that occur, even with a woman who's loose, she still has relations with her husband. So we can assume that the relations that produced this child were with her own husband. Mesve, we have a question. The Bryce says explicitly, not like Rebbe it seems to say that a person should marry the loose woman implying not the daughter of the loose woman. Amar Rava, Rava says, Is it true that it can, can it possibly mean that this is something that you should indeed do? Ela imnasa. So no matter what, we have to change it. So we have two choices. We can either change it to Ela imnasa, that if you married her, it's okay, or Taninami, or you could also change it to Bas Daime, that a person can marry a daughter of a Daime, that it's okay to marry the daughter of such a woman, a loose woman. The Hilchasa, the halacha is Yisa Adamas Daime, Al Yisa Daime. The halacha is if that a person has no choice, there are only two women left in the world, this woman or her daughter, it's better to marry the daughter and not the woman herself. The Tanir of Tachlifa Barmarava Kamid Rabbi because Rabbi Tachlifa, the Israeli, the man from the West, uh, he said in front of Rabbi Avo the following Brisa, Isha Mezana Boneha Ksherin. If a woman is loose, so her children nevertheless are okay, because why? Rav Be'ilas Achar Habal. Most relations that are going to be had with her are going to be with her own husband. So therefore we can assume that this child came from a union between herself and her husband and not from someone which was an illicit relationship. Bayrav Amram asked the following question. Let's say she was especially illicit. She was very loose. Mahu. What's going to be with her children? This woman that we're talking about is someone who has more relations with other people. So what's going to be with her children? According to the one who says... That when is a woman getting pregnant? She gets pregnant, her biuts, her ovulation occurs right before she has her period. So according to that person, so there's no possible way for the husband to make sure that his wife is going to be protected on that night and only have relations with him. Because they never know when the period is going to come. He's not going to know, and he's not going to be able to protect her. So this question can only be a question. I'll leave with the man the Amr, according to the one who says, The time that she gets pregnant is on mikvah night, which is two weeks after her previous, generally speaking, it's two weeks after her previous period. My. 
So according to him, what's going to be? Since he knows when she's going to ovulate and when she's going to get pregnant, so therefore the husband can make sure that, he, that she only has relations with himself, and therefore the children will always not be mamzer and they won't have any kind of problems. Dilma, perhaps, given the proof to be yoiser, Maybe since she's so loose, her husband has absolutely no control over her and can't make sure that even on mikvah night, she stays with him. Teiku. So we don't answer this question. This question is left for Elio Anavi to explain. The Gemara continues, These do Bezdin say and give a warning to the woman on, on the husband's behalf, where the husband's not able to. So we have a Brisa that says the same idea. Ish matamud loimar ish ish. The verse says, first it says Ish, and then it says Ish a second time. What is it come to, what's it coming to teach us? The rabbis has come to include the wife of someone who's deaf, the wife of someone who became insane, the wife of someone who became depressed, someone whose husband went off to a far off land, not around, or someone whose husband was incarcerated, that Bezin gives them the warning, in order to ruin them, that they shouldn't get the money from the Ksuva. So you might think that Bezdin can even make sure that she drinks. Talmud Lomar, that's why the verse says, that the man himself has to bring his wife. That even the man himself will be able to bring her to drink. When he comes out of jail, that's when he'll make her drink. But my what's the argument? Rabbanan Savri, the Rabbanan hold, that the husband can't even make her drink. Why? Because the verse says that the same person, or the verse implies, that the same person who's makane her is the one who has to bring her. And since the husband didn't issue the original warning, so he cannot bring her. He has to do both steps. Rabbi Yossi Savar, Rabbi Yossi says, no. We don't need the husband to perform both steps. Since Bezin did the first step, he can complete it. Tanarabana, the Gemara continues. That if a woman is wayward beneath while she's in the domain of her husband. So we have the word ish here, and we have the isha here. right? We have the woman herself and her husband. They're both in the same verse. This connects a man to a woman, and a woman to a man. So what is this connection? What is the practical ramification of this? Amar of says, that if he was blind, so then he wouldn't be allowed to make his wife drink. The verse says, that if something is hidden from the eyes of her husband, so the verse implies that it was hidden, but he would be able to see if it wasn't hidden. So that's implying that a suma, a blind person, cannot make his wife drink. So kahi, so, so to she, in my suma, if she also was blind, so she would not be able to drink. And when I say also, I don't mean like they're both blind. I mean that she, it's also true that if only she is blind, so then she would also not drink. Ravashi, Amar Ravashi says, that we have the opposite also is true. So there it was connecting the man, that we see something that's true by a man is also true by the woman. Now Ravashi is telling us something that's true by the woman, and it's also going to be true by the man. Even though the verse doesn't say it explicitly, it's learned out from this ish, isha business. So Ravashi says that if the woman had no legs or she had no arms, so she would not drink. As the verse says, we flip over to Chavzayinam Abayz, 27b, the Hemid HaKoyinus HaIsha Lefnei Hashem, First, the verse says that they stand her up in front of Hashem, and they place upon her hands the mincha sota, the flower offering. So clearly, she, in order for her to be able to stand up, she has to have legs. In order for her to be able to receive the flower offering upon her hands, she has to have hands. So if she doesn't, she's not included in this whole halacha, in the, in the whole concept of mesota. So kahu, so so to he, 
if the man himself also had no legs or had no hands, so they also would not be able to perform the whole ceremony of Sota. Mar, the son of Ravashi, says, just like a woman who doesn't have the ability to speak would not be able to drink, the verse says, the woman has to be able to say that she agrees to the shvua, to the swear, and to the curses. So kahu, so so too, if the husband, if he was mute, he would not be able to make his wife drink. We will return to you. We must chazer. We have to go over. Listen to these shiurim. They're not that long. You can listen to them over and over again. So we have to go over the stuff. Go over the old stuff from the beginning. Go over the new stuff. Learn each one more than one time. Arusa, we have gone over you. We will come back to you. Arusa. Okay. So we have a new Mishnah. We have actually have a page full of Mishnayis. Many different cases. It's an important introduction. Rashi tells us that all of these different things were said on that day, on that day. What's that day? So Rashi explains that Rabbi Yosef ben Azariah, so he had taken over the base Medish, he had become the new Rosh Yeshiva, become the new leader of the Yeshiva, and he let in all the people that previously were not allowed to, let, to be let in. And on that day, that he let in all these people, and they took, they lifted the restrictions of who could enter, could join the Yeshiva. So on that day, there was so much learning Torah, and there was so much back and forth, people were trying their best to understand everything, so there was no halacha that was left unexplained on that day. So on that day, it refers to that first day that Rabbi Elizabeth Nazaria was the new Rosh Hashiva taking over from Gamliel, and so all these halachas were stated on that day. So now, let's begin. Just like the waters check her, they also check him. Now who's this him? The Gemara is going to explain, we'll see that in the next daf. Shanemar, as the verse says, uva'u uva'u. It says twice, either it's from an extra vav or it's from the fact that it says it twice. It says, Uva'u, and the water shall come in, and they shall check her. So also they'll check her and they'll check him. Keshem So another halacha is that just like she's forbidden to now stay with her husband, she's also forbidden to ever marry the one that she had illicit relations with. Shanemar, as the verse says, Nitma v'nitma. From the fact that there's an extra vav on the verse that it says v'nitma, that's Rabbi Kiva Shita. From the extra vav we learn that there's someone else who's also forbidden from the fact that she had illicit relations, and that's the one that she had the relations with. Rabbi Yeshua says that this same thing that Rabbi Akiva said, so so too Zechariah ben Haketzev also said it, that we learn it out from the extra vav. Rabbi Omer, Rabbi says, no, the way it's learned out is from the fact that it says it twice. One is telling you that she has become impure. She can't be with her own husband, and she also can't be with the one who she had relations with. We continue. On that day, Now this has nothing to do with Sota, but these are all said on that day that Rebbe ben Azariah opened up the base medrash, that allowing all these different Talmidim, lifting the restrictions and letting everyone in. So, Darshan Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva said as follows, If you have an earthenware vessel and a dead sheretz, a dead bug, falls into it, whatever's inside of it, even if the dead bug did not touch what's inside of it, so what happens is the bug makes the kli, the actual vessel itself, tame, impure, and then in turn, the kli, the vessel, makes whatever's inside of it, let's say there's a piece of bread inside, it also becomes impure. Let's see how that works. So the verse says, Eina Oimer Tameh. It doesn't say that the thing inside is Tameh. It says, Ela Yitma. 
The verse says, it will become tummy. What does this teach us? This teaches us that the thing that's inside, even though it didn't actually touch the bug, so it becomes tame, and it's able to cause other things to become also impure. Lomad al-kikar sheni. So this teaches us that a second level tama, right? The first level is the utensil itself, the vessel itself. So that's the first level. And then it causes the, the whatever's inside of it, the bread, let's say, that's inside of it, to become a second level. Shemetame is hashlishi. So that has the ability to create a third level of tuma of impurity. Amr Rabbi Yeshua, so Rabbi Yeshua said when he heard Rabbi Kiva saying this, Who is going to wipe away the dirt from upon your eyes, Rabbi Yechem ben Zakai? It seems that Rabbi Yechem ben Zakai had already passed away. So Rabbi Yeshua is saying, if only someone could open up your eyes and show you this idea, that you used to say when you were alive, that an, an, a different generation is going to come and say, and the third level of Tumah is pure, really. Because we have no source from the Torah that the third level is actually impure. Shehu Tami, that it's impure. And what do we see? Says Rabbi Yeshua, that Rabbi Yechem and Zakim, I'm sorry, but you're incorrect. Rabbi Kiva, your own student is saying that there's actually a verse from the Torah that says that the third level Tumah is indeed a De'oraisa and has a source from the Torah. Shehu Tami, that it's impure. Shenem, as the verse says, Anything that's inside of it shall become tame, and so Rashi says that we don't read it yitma ela yitame because it didn't say tame, it didn't say that it is tame, but rather it says yitma, which implies that it can create some other tuma, which is the third level. Boy bayoim on the same day, Darash Rabbi Rabbi learned. He said the following idea: So this is talking about the cities of the Levim, the Levites. So it says that around the city, there's a 2,000 ama area that's considered part of the city in some sense. And a different verse says, from the wall of the city, and outside of it, elef ama, a thousand amas, a thousand arm lengths, all around. So which is it? Is there a thousand area which is included in the city, or is it a 2,000 amas area that's included in the city? So, we can't say it's only 1,000, because it already said 2,000. We can't say it's 2,000, because we find elsewhere that it says 1,000. Okay, so how does this work? So, Rabbi Kiva says like this, There's a 1,000 ama, a 1,000 arm lengths area outside of the city, which is a cleared out area, maybe it's for recreation, so what's the number 2,000? That's teaching us that there's 2,000 amas, 2,000 arm lengths is the distance that you can go that's still considered that you're inside of the city. Rabbi Lazar ben the son of Rabbi says, no, there's a different implication from these two numbers. Elef ama migrash, that first thousand is indeed, like you said, it's a recreational area which is cleared of any kind of vegetation, any kind of trees. And what's the other 2,000, the area from 1,000 to 2,000? That's an area for fields and for vineyards. Boi bayoim, Darash Rabbi Kiva, on the same day, Rabbi Kiva darshan the following. Then Moses and the people of Israel, they sang this song to God, and they said as follows. The first thing not to say the word lemor that they said, it already said that they said. What's it teaching us that it says lemor? According to Rabbi Akiva, so they used to repeat after Moshe whatever he would say, I'll call Dabr Vidavar on every single idea, either every single word, every single phrase. Kikarin is halal, just like we read halal. 
Lekach nemar limor. That's why it says limor. We skip those parentheses. Rabbi Nechemia Oimer, Rabbi Nechemia says no. Kikarin is Shema. We look at Kikarin as Ahalal. This teaches us that they said it like Shema, which means that they said it all along with Moshe all at once. What did Moshe Rabbeinu do? He would just start. He would say, Ashira, and then everyone would join in. Ashira Lashen the Mishnah continues. On that day, Rabbi Shubin Horkanus said the following drasha. Eov, he only served Hashem out of love, Shinamar, as the verse says, if Hashem will kill me, loy ayachel. So this verse can be read two ways. It can be read loy with a vav or loy with an aleph. So it either means to him shall I still pray, or it could mean I shall not I shall no longer pray to him. So it's not clear which way it goes. To him do I look, or maybe it means I do not look. Right? So the difference will be that if what's he saying? Is he saying, even if Hashem will kill me, I will still pray to him, meaning I love him so much? Or is he saying, if Hashem will kill me, then I won't be able to daven anymore, and therefore I'm scared? Is he serving Hashem out of love or out of fear? That's why we can bring a proof from the verse later on. Ad egva. So Eov said, until I die, I will not take away my, my wholeness, my pure love of Hashem. So this teaches us that he was doing everything out of love. Rabbi Yeshua said something. Similar. We found this in the previous cases as well. He said, Rabbi Yechem who's going to clear off the dust from your eyes? All of your days of your life, you were dashing, you were saying, that, that Eov only served Hashem out of fear. Shnemar, as the verse says, It refers to Eov as a perfect, straight person who feared God, and, and, and turned away from evil. And Yehoshua, the student of your student, so he learned that, he learned that out from the verses themselves, that indeed Eov served Hashem out of love. We're going to continue here in the next daily daf.